Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Let's get to our guest. Grace Tam is Chief Investment Advisor at BNP Paribas Wealth Management Hong Kong with us from Hong Kong. Uh, so very interesting to hear what Andrew Bailey said, that if you had some bigger hikes like the 75 basis points that they just delivered, that that would induce a two-year recession. We're not kind of hearing those warnings from the Fed as well, though. What kind of concern is there that over-tightening here is going to trigger some kind of credit event? Yeah, I think um, the recession concerns uh, is definitely uh, one of the uh, key risks and the others um, credit events. Because I mean, especially when you look at um, the, the the history, um, whenever like um, the Fed is tightening, especially for now, this is a fast tightening cycle. We worry about something would break, and so um, we're not sure whether. Um, this would trigger um, credit events, but the risk is there. And also uh, in terms of the um, recession, um, like um, Europe, uh, UK, they may already in the recession. And we also think that um, the, the US, um, there's a high chance for the US economy to go into a recession uh, in the second quarter next year. And that's certainly been, I guess, reflected too in what we're seeing in uh, bond yields with the two 10-year yield curve at a level not seen in around four decades. What kind of further, I guess, market movers are you looking for and, and where do we see this curve go from here? Yeah, I think especially um, for markets now, I'm um, still digesting um, what our, our Chair Powell um, spoke um, in the conference, um, which is a very uh, hawkish uh, message. Um, so I think um, there's still chance for, for use, um, I, I mean, especially um, uh, to, to go up. However, uh, especially, I mean, um, when we look at um, uh, economic data, especially, I think, um, uh, going forward, we could see, uh, especially for the U.S., economic data, the momentum uh, will continue to slow and people started, um, again, to worried about um, the recessions. And, and th- this actually, uh, um, I mean, will drive more demand uh, for the U.S. Treasury as a hedge. And um, and so our yields could, could go down. And for us, um, our 10-year uh, U.S. Treasury target is actually uh, 3.5% by end of next year. We saw a huge rally in the S&P 500 as well in the month of October. Is that is that a bear market rally or is it something more sustained? 
Yeah, we, we think um, it looks like a bear market rally. And uh, we also think that uh, we could see um, more bear market rally anytime, especially, I mean, for market for now, uh, bad news on economic data is actually good news for market um, expectation of less aggressive um, central bank uh, hikes. Um, so, but, but still, I think uh, we, we're thinking we could see um, uh, more downside after the bear market rally because, for, first of all, as um, I mean, for the current environment, it's like um, rising real yields, and also we're seeing um, tightening financial conditions, and mm. usually uh, this te- um, tend not to bode well for uh, risk assets. And also, um, despite I mean, uh, we we already see a sell off uh, in the yeah. risk asset this year. We think like um, the um, credit spreads, earnings estimates, mm. P multiples, everything is not really pricing previous recessionary levels yeah so earlier in the week grace a lot of optimism that we would be seeing a path to reopening in china and that saw chinese and uh hong kong stocks and particularly those chinese stocks listed in hong kong rally but then a reversal as we were told they are resolutely adhering to that policy what kind of is going to be the momentum to turn assets around in china and and when do we get that path to reopening yeah, I think, um, yes, as, as you said, um, reopening is really um, one of the key catalysts um, to see some turnaround, especially in terms of the um, investor sentiment, which for now is very, very weak. Um, I think um, um, for now, um, uh, there's no indication of when um, the market is going to, I mean, the, the Chinese economy is going to reopen. I, I think um, even like uh, if they can have any signals or even um, it's, it's going to say if it's a really gradual path, as long as there is a clear direction that um, China is going to reopen, I think the market will be cheer up and um, we could see some turnaround. But um, I think obviously for now, we're still awaiting um, the, the signals. And um, the other there is, I think, um, uh, the property market is also a key because um, mm. I mean, uh, for now, um, if we, we continue to see it's, um, I mean, uh, the, the bottoming projects, but if, if we have any signals that oh, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be like bottom out, I think that would also be a, um, a good catalyst um, for the Chinese um, uh, asset market. And the third one is um, the um, the China ADR auditing. Um, I think we're going to have some like preliminary findings by November uh, this uh, or, or early um, December um, if there is any I mean signs of uh, the auditing is going to be like um, uh, run very smoothly it's going to approve and those could also be very positive catalysts um, for the Chinese market. And what does it mean in terms of of the consumer kind of trying to drive the economy too? Because we know that people have been not able to spend when they haven't been able to travel or or leave their homes in some cases with these lockdowns. We're looking, according to Bloomberg Intelligence, at Alibaba seeing its first singles day drop in 14 years. Are people just reluctant to spend when they don't know if they're facing another lockdown or, or when they can get out? Yeah, I think um, exactly. Um, um, I think um, for now, I mean, everybody just wanted to know, um, I mean, uh, whether uh, they're going to really have any relaxation in terms of the um, COVID restrictions. Because I mean, for now, uh, our business confidence, consumer confidence, um, it's all really depends on um, the, the COVID policies. I mean, uh, if um, there is really a clear path of 
like even like gradual reopening, I think um, this would help um, consumer confidence, investment confidence, and also business confidence. Yeah. And so what, what markets in Asia do you see as uh, beneficiaries if we are not seeing some reopening themes happening in Hong Kong and China, but we are across the rest of the region? There was a call yesterday that uh, Thailand's market, for example, could see a 14% stock jump on the back of its reopening. Yeah, I think um, in terms of China, uh, I mean, especially I think um, um, uh, given, I mean, the, the downside for those like medium to long, long-term investors, I think they can uh, focus on those like policy uh, beneficiaries, especially um, as we all know, China is still very committed um, to the to the green agenda with um, very aggressive um, target in terms of the um, carbon uh, emissions reduction. So. I mean, in terms of those like EV um, supply chains, um, the, um, the the clean energies, um, like those green um, um, uh, construction materials, those are areas that I think um, investors could could um, uh, in fact, uh, focus on. Especially can can think about like buying buying on dips, mm-hmm. and um, and for the whole Asia, I think the key um, to see. Uh, I mean, um, rebound in um, the whole Asia uh, performance is really the, uh, to look at the U.S. dollar. I mean, if we already reached the, um, the the peak hawkishness of the Fed, um, we may already see the peak in the U.S. dollar. So, yeah. um, I think, um, yeah, the, the key is whether uh, I mean we we're going to see some like reverse in trend mm-hmm. of the U.S. dollar, and if it's we're seeing like weakening U.S. dollar, this will be a really positive um, catalyst for the Asian, uh, especially for equities market. All right. Grace, it's been a pleasure. Have a lovely weekend. Grace Tam is Chief Investment Advisor, BNP Paribas Wealth Management Hong Kong with us from Hong Kong here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie's based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.